Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby, and I am joined on the phone by Mary Kay Cabot. She is in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing well as we uh, record our Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And let's start with John Dorsey because you got to talk to him yesterday. Um, and, and we'll get to the quarterbacks as well. But uh, John Dorsey, uh, what, what did he have to say? Did anything kind of stand out to you that was really interesting from what he said? Well, you know what? He acknowledged that uh, there are at least four or five quarterbacks that are at least in the discussion right now at number one. Uh, you know, that means that he's got Josh Allen right now and Baker Mayfield in the mix. So, um, you know, so that that's very interesting because, you know, most people at this point keep on talking about Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen as the two guys. But, you know, they're, they're not limited to those guys. There are uh, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and, and one or two more. And I, I would guess that, you know, that they're also probably looking at a, a Mason Rudolph, a Lamar Jackson, and some others. Yeah, those are kind of some interesting names as well. Uh, obviously, Mason Rudolph is down there, but but not playing because of the the foot injury. Lamar Jackson is not there, but but those are interesting names to keep to keep in mind as well um, as as we go through this. Yeah, you know what? I mean, seriously, if you look around and talk to enough people, there are those uh, that that have Mason Rudolph going number one overall. And I'm going to delve a little deeper into him as we go through uh, the next few days. And maybe I might even be able to uh, get an opportunity to talk to him and, um, you know, and, and try to dig a little deeper and watch some film on him because he's getting some buzz. And, uh, and I don't think he's somebody that, that can be overlooked in this process. That's interesting. Uh, that, that would be, you know, people panicked when Mel Kuyper put Josh Allen number one. Imagine if he put uh, Mason Rudolph number one. Um, <laughs> Russell Wilson guy, 
You know, I, there are plenty of people that seem to like Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, it, it's almost like there's a little smorgasbord going on here of quarterbacks. And you've, of course, got Darnold and Rosen, and they bring different things to the table. Yeah, and, and, and I think the big thing to remember is that, you know, I, I think if you gave John Dorsey uh, some, some truth serum or something like that, I, I think it would be safe to say that even, even he doesn't know who he would take number one at this point. Right, and you know what? And you know why I think that is in part? Because, look, they have just named Todd Haley yeah. their offensive coordinator. And so now he's going to bring a whole new set of offensive eyes. He's been uh, an offensive coordinator for many places. He's been, he's been a quarterback's coach. Uh, he has been a head coach. And, you know, from what I understand, uh, he's, he's a really, really good evaluator. So, you know what? Let's let them get him in here and have him take a look at at a lot of these guys and, and kind of see what he thinks. And then, you know, let John Dorsey, Ken Zampezi, who obviously has uh, an extensive offensive background, uh, Todd Haley, John, Hugh Jackson, let them get all together and start to figure out who they like and, and, and kick it around a lot. <laughs> a lot of guys in that group that seem to like uh, like bigger quarterbacks, for, for whatever that's worth. Um, let's, let's jump to Todd Haley. Uh, you, you know, you brought him up, and, and of course the announcement became official today. The Browns sent that out, but we've known obviously for a little while that it would be Todd Haley. Um, he's going to call plays, which is probably the most interesting part of all this. Uh, you're going to get to talk to Hugh Jackson. We're recording this you know, maybe about 20 minutes before you're going to talk to Hugh Jackson. So uh, every, everyone kind of keep that in mind as we discuss this. But um, does this say anything about, about Hugh and, and kind of his approach to this season that he's ceding play calling to Haley? Yeah, I think so. I think it says a lot. I think what that means is he's ready to take over, uh, you know, maybe just the bigger picture. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to step aside and not be involved in the offense. He would never do that. That's what got him here. And we saw, remember when Mike Pettin handed everything uh, over to, uh, over to um, Jim, why am I forgetting? Jim O'Neill. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. There's been we're so all, many coaches. We're all trying to forget I'm, that name. I'm forgetting names. Uh, when he handed everything over to, to Jim, you know, he kind of uh, wasn't focusing on the thing that got him to the dance. And so Hugh can't afford to do that. He's going to have to still be very, very involved in the with the offense. And he will be. But he trusts Todd Haley to get it right. And uh, so I think it's very significant. I think that Hugh will take, you know, take a, a broader role in just the big picture. You know, the details, the, you know, the... Uh, clock management and all those things that we have given him a lot of grief over for the last season or two so you know he'll be more involved in special teams more involved in overseeing the defense and just the whole entire game and more of the organization too i think yeah how much of this do you think is a direct response to the fact that uh sashi brown was fired john dorsey was brought in and even though hugh doesn't report to dorsey you know maybe he feels that pressure a little bit you know what? Uh, I, I don't. You know, I don't think that there was any sort of a mandate from John Dorsey to say, uh, you know, let's go hire an offensive coordinator. And I think when we talk to Hugh in a little bit, I think he's probably going to tell us that, uh, you know, that this was all his decision to hire Todd Haley. And I do believe that because I think he's ready to give some of that up to an experienced play caller. But I do think the whole organization. I think everybody's willing uh, just to put their egos aside. Their their everything aside to get this thing done and to get this thing turned around. Uh, so you know, I, you know, I think that all of them will step outside of their comfort zone a little bit 
for the good of the Cleveland Browns, and I think that's good for everyone. Okay, now the other element of, of you being down in Mobile is you've got an opportunity to um, speak to Josh Allen. you got an opportunity to, to sort of talk to Baker Mayfield. Obviously, that was a gigantic – I saw some photos from that scrum of, of Baker afterwards, so uh, it, it, was, it was a little bit of a challenge. But you've had an opportunity to kind of see these guys, uh, at least hear them talk, uh, ask them a couple questions. Uh, what are your early impressions of them? Well, first of all, it's an occupational hazard, actually, (laughs) to be here because I almost got trampled trying to get to Baker Mayfield. Once they let everybody on the field uh, last night to talk to Baker Mayfield, everybody just swarmed him. And I will tell you what, there there is no chivalry here. (laughs) I mean, nobody cared. I mean, I honestly almost got knocked down and run over trying to get to him. So I did the best I could to get a little bit of video, stood on my... uh, (laughs) <laughs> on my platform boots as high as I possibly could and uh, got a little bit of video of him talking about not wanting to be compared to Johnny Manziel. Now, I did ask him, uh, the last question was, hey, do you have to prove to the Browns in particular that you're not Johnny Manziel, considering that they lived it? And he didn't want to answer that. And uh, a colleague of mine and I both thought that he uh, could have been a little bit more gracious with his answer and taken the a time to answer that question because you know what? How you handle the media here and how you handle these interviews, I think that's all part of it because you have to show that you are and can be the face of the franchise. So Josh Allen won the, I think, won the face of the franchise battle yesterday. He's been amazing. I mean, he's just answering questions. Uh, He's been interviewed several times already at an introductory press conference and then at media day and then after practice again yesterday. And he'll just stand there and answer question after question after question. And he's doing a really, really good job in that regard. Baker Mayfield, on the other hand, uh, bolted after three minutes and 49 seconds yesterday. I didn't think that was a good look for him, although they did blow the horn to say that it was over. He could have stuck around and answered a couple more questions, knowing that he showed up here late because his mom is ill. Uh, So I think he needs to step up the ball in that regard a little bit. But in terms of the the on-the-field stuff, you know, I thought they they both looked okay yesterday. It's it's really hard to judge them in some of these practices because uh, some of it has to do with the receivers that they're throwing to and what they're being asked to do at any given moment. But I I think they looked okay. I think some people... Uh, kind of downgraded a few people. I saw a few people down, downgraded Josh Allen's practice yesterday, but I didn't think it was as bad as some people did. Well, yeah, and it's interesting because one one of the I'm kind of watching this all from afar, and I'm I'm following along on Twitter and and, and running our live blog every day. And one of the things that stood out is you had you know for each of these quarterbacks, you'd have one person tweet that they look great. And then another person two minutes later would tweet that they didn't look great. They, they looked terrible. So um, it, it, it's very hard to kind of get a read on these guys. And frankly, the only opinions that matter are the people who are who are making these decisions come draft day. Yeah, and you know what? Like I just talked to a, a Broncos coach on, on the way over here, down here to talk to uh, to Hugh Jackson. And he, he liked the practice that Josh Allen had yesterday. And they're coaching him. Uh, so they're getting a really up-close look at Baker Mayfield. And Josh Allen, which, you know, Hugh Jackson would have had an opportunity to do that if they weren't completely overhauling their staff. So, um, you know, they're getting this really, really good look at these guys. And he, he liked him. And he said, even in the meeting rooms, that he's been really, really good, Josh Allen has. So, you know, don't believe everything that you're seeing on Twitter right now because, you know, like you said, uh, the teams are looking at different things. I mean, you know, just because something is an incompletion doesn't mean it was a bad pass. Yeah, exactly. It could be a wrong route. It could be, you know, and and these guys are kind of learning these playbooks uh, on the fly. Um, And and 
you know, as we've talked about before, so much of this is what happens off the field and what we don't see in meeting rooms, in interviews, how they interact with coaches, how they do interact with the media. I mean, everything they're doing from now until April is, is essentially a job interview, but especially these next three days. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing to watch, Dan, like you just said, they're getting handed a playbook. And, you know, as they go through the week and they're asked to make adjustments, uh, you want to see that they're getting better. So when we go watch tomorrow's practice or even today's practice that we're going to in a little bit, you want to see improvement from one day to the next when they have started to grasp the concepts that they're being asked to do. Uh, So I'm actually looking for a better day today uh, from Josh Allen. I think one of the things he seemed uh, to struggle with, you know, the the adrenaline is flowing, and I think he had a little bit of that uh, Deshaun Kaiser, you know, bullet-throwing thing going on where uh, the passes might have been coming in a little bit too hard in some cases. Uh, And I think that he'll make an adjustment to that today. Because he has to show that he's accurate. That's so vitally important for him. That's the number one question everyone has about him. He had a 56.3 completion percentage in college. Nobody likes that number. And he has to show uh, that there were extenuating circumstances for it and that he can be accurate in the NFL. Yeah, well, and, and as we learned watching Deshaun Kaiser for a year, accuracy is a very difficult thing, or, or lack of accuracy, I should say, is a, is a very difficult thing to overcome. It really is. And, you know, what these guys have to sort out while they're here is, did those things have anything to do with mechanics? Did they have to do with who he was throwing the ball to? Did they have to do with, you know, you know, system things? Or, you know, why was it like that? Was it the competition that he was playing against? Uh, or whatever the case may be. So, um, so that is definitely uh, something that the Browns and everyone else is going to have to figure out. Because if this young man can demonstrate that he can be accurate he's got a lot of other he checks off a lot of other boxes and he's intriguing you know we always like to see if someone can pass the eyeball test well he does that i mean he is all of he measured in at six four and seven eights yesterday but i mean he looks <laughs> you know he probably just should have combed his hair up a little bit higher because <laughs> he he really does look uh to be six five i mean he looks like an NFL quarterback and then you you know you contrast that with Baker Mayfield and he came in at just a shade over six feet and you know what there's a lot of a lot of NFL teams scouts coaches that do not like that number so that's the thing that he's going to have to overcome yeah I mean I mean that was sort of good news for him that he did come in over six feet I mean that that was an important hurdle for him to clear but at at the same time like you said there are some people that just aren't willing to to kind of overlook that unless you are you know unless you're showing Drew Brees type of ability yeah and you know what I get the the strong feeling that that John Dorsey thinks there is something worth investing the time into figuring out what Baker Mayfield's all about. I really do believe that he's got him uh, in in the discussion for number one overall. I don't think he spent, has spent as much time on Josh Allen yet, but I think he'll be come away from here intrigued by him as well, and they'll spend a, a fair amount of time on him. But I think, you know, he went to the Kansas game, watched that in person, uh, and I think that there's something about Baker Mayfield that he likes. That's the sense that I get. I don't know yet how Drew Jackson really feels about him uh, or how Todd Haley's going to feel about him, but I don't think we can rule him out of somebody that they're going to spend a lot of time looking at. Yeah, and, and look, this is a guy that drafted Patrick Mahomes, who's obviously a little bigger, uh, has, a, has a better arm, but a, an untraditional type of quarterback, a guy that came from a system that 
you know, some people were a little nervous about, but he was certainly willing to to draft that guy at number trade up and draft that guy at number ten overall. So he, he's not afraid to take those chances. No, he's not. And you know what? The other thing he keeps saying over and over and over again is winning. I want to see somebody that can win. Now, I do think you have to be a little bit careful about that because there's a lot of guys that have won in college, you know, including Johnny Manziel, um, that that aren't necessarily going to be able to win in the NFL. So I think you have to be a little bit careful about that. Um, but, you know, that's something to look at as we go forward. You know, did you come through in the big games? Were you able to pull out things in the fourth quarter? And, you know, are you a clutch player? All right. Well, I know you have to, uh, you're, you've got Hugh Jackson coming up here in a few minutes. I'm going to let you go and, and talk to him. And of course, uh, we'll have all kinds of coverage, including whatever Hugh has to say and, and everything else you kind of garner today and tomorrow over at cleveland.com slash Brown. So uh, enjoy Mobile, Mary Kay. Thanks a lot. We miss you here, Dan. <laughs> all right. Thanks.